Hey yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a 10 Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink pack and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show Coming to you not quite live From Long Island, New York, Hewlett to be specific. What's going on, everybody? Hopefully, everybody's doing okay. My name is Tommy Casabona. I'm your host for this disaster. Uh, just kidding. Hopefully, we'll make it there. Listen, let, let me calm down. Let me get in the right mind space because I want to try to run this through. I want to be a one-take Tommy on this thing. All right, we're going to try to make that happen. So for that, maybe hopefully you'll understand it might be a little rustic. You know what I mean? Like the neighborhood surrounding Cokie Beach in St. Thomas. But we're going to drive through it. We're going to power through. We're going to see what happens first. We started out with the housekeeping. Okay? And I hate that word. I hate the industry words. I hate the. I hate unpack. I hate housekeeping. I hate uh, all that crap. You know what I mean? Or be that as it may. Everybody loves to say be that as it may. Or they love to say, uh, what's the other one they like to say? And with that said... Let me calm down. Who am I? Ju- Why am I judging people though? Too like let people say what they want, right? All right, you didn't come here for this, did you? No, I know you didn't. By the way, they say we're an acquired taste. I say it every time. I'm going to keep saying it. If you're a new listener, what you just heard, you were probably annoyed by. But maybe down the road, three, four, five, eight, nine, twenty-four episodes in, yeah, you think it's part of the chum. Who knows? Let's see what happens. Think you'll acquire the taste. So if you, if you don't love the first two episodes you listen to, keep listening and see if it doesn't take. It might take. Uh, we have a Facebook group. It's called the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge. I encourage you to join that. It's a group, like I said, and we do a lot of, I guess, community building. We interact with each other. We help each other. We, uh, you know, uh, we keep each other in check. We break chops. We have a good time. It's a nice little community. It's not one of those big vast 5,000 community where you, if you're going to ask a question, you know what? Sometimes if you ask a question in some of these uh, big groups, you get like 19 people judging you within the first 30 seconds. We're not like that. I mean, people might judge you, but it'll take a couple of days. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll do it. They, they'll do it with a, um, they'll do it with a grain of salt. They'll do it with love. And that's all I have to say. That is the always be both cruise and travel lounge on Facebook. I want to welcome the new Patreons. We have a Patreon. It's uh Always be uh, it's a uh, Patreon www.patreon.com slash slash always be booked p a t r e o n dot com slash always be booked the Instagram we're doing Instagram reels now we do a couple of reels and uh, we're doing some more posting always be booked on Instagram and check out the YouTube channel I need YouTube subscribers guys I really really do now I know I'm not so active on YouTube. I'm telling you what the dream is. I'm telling you what the dream is, and I'm not here. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm going to say it for the world to hear. It's not a secret. Um, I am looking to make the journey back to Florida in October. 
okay and when that comes and when that happens when that when that when that does happen uh i have right now we're just building we're like we're like we're like laying in the tall grass there is going to be an always be booked explosion we're going to hit you with youtube stuff we're going to hit you with uh more lives we're going to hit you with better podcasts i like the last podcast now here we do like i said we don't lie to each other cones when we do good work, we say it. When we do mediocre work, we say it. I know the staycation podcast. Remember the the dark ages of the staycation. <laughs> oh boy! If you if you want to hear the story as to why there's no more staycation, uh, well, one of them is because cruising is back. The other one is because there was a uh, uh, a domestic disaster. <laughs> no, no violence whatsoever. But there were problems. We had we had a little uh, some things. Uh, some things blew up. Some things blew up and revealed themselves, and um, we had an issue there. But that's not here nor there. Uh, but those were bad. Those episodes were bad, you know. And I would like to say the last episode, the recap of the Norwegian cruise, I thought was a pretty good episode. The five before that or so, let's kind of throw them away. But there was a time when we were on a run, and this is going to go into you know cruise ships have errors too, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, but there was a time when we were humming along. I always know it's very simple. When we're doing good shows, we get emails. People engage in the Facebook group. And guys, I want to bring that back. We're going to be there. I know I've, I know I've proverbially let you down, literally let a lot of you down in certain cases because in a way, because of the full-time job, because of whatever excuse I want to put in front of you, the content, the quality of the content has not always been the most consistent. And believe me, that's not lost on me. And believe me, I know the five or so episodes, I would say, let's say since Christmas or maybe even since the Oasis Cruise um, in October or whatever – I think those episodes were not, I think they were listenable. I don't think they were better. I wouldn't say they were bad. I would say they were just mediocre. They're not indicative of the content that you've become accustomed to from me over the years. And we're going to try to turn this franchise around. That's what we're going to try to do. And I think we started with the last episode. And hey, we're here. Let's see how this episode goes. I want to give a shout out to a longtime Cone. A brief, a, a brief time he was a super cone, but for the for, for the most part he's a cone, and that's important. Like he said, cones are important. The regular cones are very important. I mean, the, the, there's a lot of you out there. Uh, and he was like, you know, he likes to compartmentalize things. I have that same little gene within me. I like to put things in boxes. Okay, when his thing was, and it was very well thought out, and it was very kind of like um, it was spot on. You know, cruise ports. Let's let's categorize cruise ports. Some are the private islands. Some are um, de- quality destinations. Some are bustling metropolises. Some are not private islands, but they. And he categorized them very, very well. And I think you know when you talk about the big three, and when we talk about this show, that's what we talk about mostly is the big three. And I think each of the big three. So you have Royal Caribbean, and again, let's not. You know, MSC, that's an episode in itself of which is the biggest cruise line right now. Because ever since the reset, ever since, you know, what we're talking about here and what 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 is the pandemic, I think the lines have been redrawn a little bit in some cases. And I think we have to take another look at that. And I think that's a pretty good idea for a show. Now, here we go. If you see another creator, 
do that episode between now and the time that I freaking find the gumption to be able to get together and the wherewithal to put the notes together to make that show, you're going to know that they listened to this episode and they stole it from here. Just putting that out there because it does happen sometimes. Listen to me. Nobody's stealing shit from you, Tommy. Nobody cares. Calm down. Uh, uh, whatever. But so you have the big three cruise lines, right? And I think there's different experiences because it's such a complicated question. You hear novice cruisers talk about, yeah, you know what? I cruise sometimes, but Royal, Royal, that's it. A carnival. Ugh, carnival is a no, I don't do carnival. Like to me, listen, if you're an experienced cruiser and you're seasoned and you've You've you you've 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 walked the walk. You've talked the talk. I'll give you the respect of being able to say that. But I think people who've been on two or three cruises, maybe four royals, one carnival. I think you know there's so much other things that come into play. You got to talk about the time you're gonna have. If you had a great time on a cruise, you're gonna like that cruise line best. But you know, if you're a a 58 year old married couple, or if you're a 39 year old couple with a five-year-old and you take a norwegian cruise on a three-day run out of miami in late march early april you're gonna say norwegian probably sucks that's just the way it is so there's so much involved with it and i think so you have the big three cruise lines carnival cruise carnival cruise line norwegian and you have royal caribbean and then you have their different ships Different ships can mean a different experience, obviously. But then you have different classes of ships. So these are all things that have to be determined, I believe, when you talk about which is your favorite cruise, cruise line, cruise experience. I am thinking that there's something else. And uh, I'm not, I'm sure I'm not inventing anything, but in my mind, I'm inventing what is called the macro class. Okay. You have the cruise line. You have the ship, you have the class of ships, and then you have the macro classes. And to me, that's divided into three separate classes. And all three of the big three cruise lines participate in each of these classes, macro classes of cruise ships. And I would say the first one is called the classic. This is the first or the oldest um the oldest representation of what this cruise line has to offer. You'll see it in Norwegian's cruise line when on cruise ships like the Norwegian Sky or the Norwegian Sun. These are uh, beautiful ships, gorgeous ships, but smaller ships, very basic ships, ships that uh, a lot of times you'll find on shorter itineraries, things like that. And you won't, you'll be cruising on this type of thing because either you'll get, you'll love the deal that you get. Or because of the fact that you know that, you know, it's just going to be a calm, relaxing, it, it, the experience. You know what I mean? You don't you don't want all the crazy laser tag or the wacky Lido deck parties or the whatever else comes to fruition with, um, well, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say the crazy because there's some craziness on the carnival version. I guess you're cruising because you understand you're going to get a good deal on a basic ship and you're going to go to some cool places. The price is right. The places are going to be right. And the timing is right for you to get on this class of cruise ships. And that is the macro class of the classics. Okay. Carnival, uh, Norwegian, the sky, the sun, the carnival. It's the whole fantasy class. Royal Caribbean, you'll find it in ships like Enchantment of the Seas, Empress of the Seas, so on and so forth. Uh, Vision of the Seas, I think. Uh and then the second macro class I think you'll have is called the standard or the typical. You can call it the standard, you can call it the typical, whatever you want. And you'll find that to me, this is the class of cruise ships 
in my opinion, that most represents what your cruise line is, okay? This is who you are as a cruise line. Yeah, you could build a great new fancy state-of-the-art ship, but what is the body of your work? What is the main general aspect of what a Royal Caribbean Carnival or Norwegian cruise line cruise line cruise is to me that's most represented in the standard or the typical uh, ships may be built between the mid 2000s and maybe 2010 or 2012 stuff like that so to me for Norwegian that's represented with the Norwegian gem the jewel the jade you could even even maybe consider the epic in that, even though that's kind of like a one-off and a little bit of an outlier. Uh, Royal Caribbean, you're going to find that in the Adventure of the Seas, the Independence of the Seas, the Navigator of the Seas, the, the Freedom of the Seas. That's what Royal Caribbean is. That's a Royal Caribbean ship, uh, basically what you're going to envision. You know what I mean? Of course, you, there's bigger and better ships out there in the in the fleet, but these those are the extreme versions. And Carnival. You have, uh, of course, you have Carnival. You have um, uh, the, the, the ships like the Conquest, the Miracle, the Splendor, more modern, Dream. These are all the, in my in my estimation, your standard or typical class of cruise ships within the cruise line. And then the final category in the macro classes of ships, I think, are I'll call them New Age, right? Norwegian sneaking into the category is like the breakaway and then you get uh onto like the breakaway plus class like encore joy uh and then into prima these are like the state-of-the-art versions of uh almost kind of like mega shippy but not always mega ships uh carnival to me you're dealing with um you know i think that starts with the vista class vista uh, panorama horizon and obviously the mardi gras uh, you know, ships like that. And then Royal Caribbean just blasted onto the scene with the Oasis uh, and the Quantum class. You have the Quantum quantum of the Seas, the Anthem of the Seas, and all of a sudden, as well as the Wonder of the Seas, which is a brand new ship right now. Um, and remember, the Oasis class came before the Quantum class, which is crazy because it's one of those rare occasions, not unlike Norwegian Prima, which is slightly smaller than its predecessor, which is the um, the Breakaway Plus class. Uh, a class of ships that is the newest, but not necessarily the biggest. And it's crazy that Oasis, uh, Oasis, the Oasis of the Seas to me is one of the most important, most, I mean, insane cruise ships. You're talking about like the Mike Tyson of cruise ships. It's just nobody had seen anything like it prior, you know? Uh, they just haven't. And the Oasis class came before the Quantum class. So what you're saying is you had the Freedom class, which was the largest cruise ship at sea, but an average at best sized cruise ship by any stretch of the imagine rating right now. But in 2008 or whenever it was, it was 2000, early 2009, it was the biggest thing at sea. And then all of a sudden, this monster, the Oasis of the Seas comes across and that was an absolute game changer so to me i say that i kind of roll this into the next kind of topic that we're going to talk about but i just thought that you know when trying to pick a cruise line when trying to pick a type of cruise so for example like i have been dying to get in back into the standard or typical carnival ships 
I want to get back into that mode of cruising because I just miss it. It's been so long since I've experienced it just through circumstance. You know what you mean? You end up getting a better deal. You end up seeing where your home port is. There's so many things that go into why you book the cruise you book and circumstances has it that I hadn't been, I haven't been. And even though it was a priority this time, like I made it a priority. I said, I'm getting on a carnival standard class or typical class of ships. I want that old carnival experience, but it just so happened that I needed to take a cruise before my busy season started, and that's not what was available to me necessarily. So that's how I ended up on the Norwegian Gem solo on a 10-day cruise that I just keep thinking back on. And, oh, man, the memories. I, 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 I make it a point, and it was especially at a Tortola this past cruise where I, I just spent so much time just staring at the sail away, and I just... In my mind, I was just entrenching that view. I was just taking it in. And I was trying to burn that vision into my memories. What you're doing is creating li- li- you're creating lifelong memories. You know what I mean? You're just creating things that you're going to draw back on when you're 70, 80 years old. And you're thinking about it. And you're going to remember the look of that mountain as it came off the beach, off the rock formations, off the green water where it sometimes turned white. Because of, um, you know, white, what do you call it? The (laughs) the waves waves break and you get the white off that and the mountains and the sky and everything. And you just, uh, it's just, listen, I know I'm I'm, I'm waxing not, not so poetically about it, but... All I am saying is that it is a real thing, and it's something that that's that's why we do what we do. That's that those reasons, those sailaways, those types of sailaways, those blissful moments are why we do what we do. Let's get into the first story that we're talking about here, and uh, it's about Norwegian. So Norwegian is going into a fixed dining room menu, and I say that because I wanted to kind of. Um, trail back on what I just said regarding the, I guess, the macro classes of ships. So uh, I've been saying it for years, Norwegian Cruise Lines dining room, the main dining room, and it was proven to me again that their main dining room is mediocre by design to try to drive you to the specialty concepts, right? They've undelivered in the main dining room um, on and this is the caveat here, standard or typical cruise ship uh, menus. So there is an exception. So there was an exception when I went on the Norwegian Encore where I could tell you that every dish I had was delicious. But you were talking about a ship that was not even a year old um, at the time I was sailing on it. And that's the exception. You can't put bad food on a new cruise ship. Okay, so let's take that out of the equation. If you're taking away new cruise ships, my theory, I think, applies. My philosophy applies. And, and what I'm saying is that they are going to give you average food on these cruise ships. So when I say the cruise line is uh, basically going into a fixed dining room menu, is that because we all know the current situation is that everybody goes on a cruise. And if you go to the main dining room, some of the items will be the same or a lot of the items will be the same as the night before. They'll have some items that are static and fixed and then there'll be a bunch of items that are just for that night or different and norwegian and a lot of cruise lines usually do that on a 14 day rotating scale okay what norwegian is saying now is that that's dead the main dining rooms are going to have a single menu 
and the single menu is going to be available. It's going to be the same thing all four, seven, 14, whatever, how many nights your cruise is. And, uh, you know, what, what, they, what we all do know also is that we know how this works. When a cruise line rolls out a major policy change, they do it across, let's say, one or two ships first. They're sort of like an experiment. And they make sure there's no PR disasters or any uprising or any hate mail. And then if it kind of works out relatively quiet, they slowly creep it out amongst the rest of the fleet. And that's just normal. We know that is how they operate. Uh, on the Norwegian Prima, uh, like I said, there's a 14-day rotating menu, and then they're going to stop doing that. Uh, the cruise line reason for this, what they're saying is that they there's no reason to go crazy adding different uh, types of food when there's so many options for different dining rooms throughout the ship. In the apples to apples argument to that, if you want to be a contrarian, you could say, well, guess what? I like that there's variety, but I do not want to have to pay. And that's like a generation generational thing. Young and new cruisers will be very understanding of this policy, probably uh, because they like the specialty dining experience, and that's all they know from cruising. But more seasoned cruisers, more experienced, older cruisers, they can remember back when cruising was typically an all-inclusive experience. And they remember when, you know what, the food in the main dining room, that had to be on, on point. The food in the main dining room was one of the main reasons by which you judged a cruise ship and a cruise line. So you had to bring it. But now when you have all these other options to go to, specialty restaurants, steakhouses, uh, French restaurants, Italian restaurants, new American, modern, Latin food, Asian uh, cuisine, you know, they, they, it's become less important to really nail down the main dining experience as a as, as a you know a, a five star culinary experience. Now I totally understand why a lot of people might be up in arms about this because what are you doing? Why anytime they try to take from you and let's make no mistake, apparently to the naked eye, this is them taking from you, right? So they're taking from you, uh, and you're you, when you're paying good money for cruises. And let's talk about another thing: Norwegian. They make no bones about putting it out there that you know cruising is about to get more expensive. This is the second time I've heard in the last week, I've heard this is the second time over the last couple of years that Norwegian has put it out there that cruising is not going to be cheap, okay? We got a lot of money to make up. Uh, we got a lot of debt to make up for, a lot of lost revenue to make up for. So please do not expect heavy discounts from Norwegian Cruise Line. And, uh, you know, I, I'm both, uh, I have respect and I'm annoyed by them saying that, but it is what it is. Uh, I, I'm just saying, I, I will say, though, why, and this is the rub here, it might be a good thing. This may not be the worst thing. And I'll, and I'll give you the reason why from my restaurant experience. Now, if you go throughout New York City, there's a lot of classic restaurants out there, real traditional restaurants out there. I know the new thing the uh, fashionable thing has to be has become to put out seasonal menus, and even though even then, you know that's not fourteen days, that's three or four months. Okay, so that's a fixed menu. Uh, restaurants, and and let's just take the franchise that is um, uh, Houston's or Hillstone. 
to the same concept in whatever whatever market you're in, they may be named something different. This is like a, I don't know, 12 to 13 item menu. I'm not sure. I could be wrong by a couple of uh, menu items on that, but they are the model of consistency. So if Norwegian, what I'm saying is if you're going to put out the same mediocre to shitty food that you normally do on your typical classes of ships, yes, I know on the Encore and the Joy, you're going to step up if you don't shame on you. Uh, but on your typical cruise ships, you know, if you're not uh, going to step up the level of food, now think about everybody in the galley, everybody in the main dining room, uh, kit, kit, cooking in the main dining room. They have to, you know, master. So 14 days, I don't know how many dishes. It's probably close to 100 different dishes. But now if you're going to do maybe throw 20, 25 dishes at me and you're doing that in and out day after day after day, here's the thing. If the food is still mediocre and they don't give you a good product, then shame on them. But they could. They have every ability. If the head chef on board, if, if, if they are taking this as an opportunity to make that fixed menu great, because they, they repeat it. They do it so many times. They've worked it and reworked it. And they've become completely expert at putting these 20 items out. And they can make them great. I mean just delicious food. Consistent food. Then this could be a plus. Because you know what? It is a pretty sizable menu. There is something for everyone. And you can go on multiple nights. And then yeah, maybe you'll have your buffet night. And then maybe you'll have your couple of specialty nights. So let's just say on a seven-day cruise, you do four MDRs, two specialties, and a and, and a buffet. That's a solid cruise. And if those four times that you go to the main dining room, you get four solid dishes every single time because of the fact that they are, they've just become experts at making those dishes every night. The portions are decent, you know, you could be in good shape. So if they do take that as an opportunity to tighten up the food in that regard, this could be a win for us as well. But we will see. Time will tell. It's going to start out on the Prima and they haven't announced it yet, I don't think. But you could bet your bottom dollar that it's going to trickle out fleet wide uh, sooner than later. All right, let's move along. So MSC, MSC Cruises. Man, what a what a complicated cruise line this is. Uh, starting in April of 2023, the MSC Meraviglia will be sailing out of, start spreading the news, New York City, move over, gem, move over, whatever else. We're not going to say any, anywhere else because the gem is the, uh, how you doing, cruise ship of New York City. Uh, this is a first for the cruise line, uh, a cruise line that is continuing to try to elevate its presence in the North American cruise market. Now, don't quote me on this. I think they might be trying to join NATO. Interesting caveat here is that they aren't sailing from the Manhattan cruise terminal like Norwegian does, like Carnival does. They aren't even, obviously, they're not cruising out of Cape Liberty. And in fact, they're not even going to sniff the Hudson River. You know, that's Sort of a shame because that's one of the reasons why you like to cruise. You get a little, you know, little taste of that Hudson River and you like to see the buildings go by. And even if you're on the, the Cape Liberty version, you at least can kind of see them in the rear view when your cruise starts. 
But they're not doing that. They're going to be joining the likes of Disney and Cunard, and they're going to be setting sail from the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal. And that means they are heading out of the Buttermilk Channel. That, that's right. You heard it right. It's called the Buttermilk Channel. They're going to bang a right, um, and then they're going to bang a left, and they're going to make their way through Upper Bay. And that exact moment when they hit Upper Bay, if you're on this cruise ship, make sure you're on the starboard side because that is going to get your that is going to be your only quick look at Lady Liberty, and then you're headed straight for the Verrazano. And you know what the Verrazano means when you're cruising out of New York. Yes, there's different stages. You can call the beginning of your vacation the minute you walk on the ship. You can call the beginning of your vacation the minute you get your first cocktail or your first burger. You can call the beginning of the ship, uh, I'm sorry, the beginning of the vacation when you're unpacked or even when the mustard drill is over. But me personally, I consider out of New York the beginning of your vacation when you sail under that Verrazano Bridge. And that's a ceremony to me. Every time you're under that bridge and you go through that bridge, every time I see like a little bit of a mini applause because I think everybody's on the same page. They're like, okay, we are officially. Because up until that, you know, you might as well be on a circle line cruise. But when you get in past that Verrazano, you're hitting the great wide open and you're in the uh, blue waters of the Atlantic Ocean and you're ready to go. Uh, itineraries for these cruises are going to include everything from six to like 14 night sailings. Uh, you're going to go to Bermuda. You can go to New England, Canada, and of course the Caribbean. Uh, guys, this is a big deal for for many reasons. Um, MSC out of New York. That's a big deal. It symbolizes their come up, right? Now they're joining the likes of the aforementioned big three and the aforementioned Disney and Cunard and others. Um, uh, when I, and when I say others, these are cruise lines that, you know, MSC is a beast. MSC is probably number three worldwide. Maybe more. I don't even know. We got to do that episode where we, uh, and, and it's not going to be a clear cut answer. When we judge the biggest cruise line, it's not going to be like, okay, this is the clear cut answer. No, it's going to be different types of um, uh, uh, units of measurement by which we decide this. So it's going to be MSC is going to perform well. When we redraw the lines and figure out the biggest cruise lines and rank them, MSC is going to perform significantly better than they would have performed two years ago or so. But, uh, but, but even though they may be bigger than some of these cruise lines, they, they're not as big as some of these cruise lines when it comes to the North American market. You know what I mean? As a North American entity, this is a different story, and this is putting them in a position to uh, to really, you know, I guess, etch their present, presence in a way. Um, it's also just a really good fit. So much of the MSC market, even out of Miami, is European. For that reason, that's why a lot of the, you'll see the Meraviglia and the uh, Seaside and the Sea, they, they depart late because they understand that a lot of people are flying in the day of and a lot of people are coming from overseas. So they sail away late so as to give them a little bit extra time. It's that much of a European presence on the ship that even something like that is considered. So uh, here's the thing. There already are a lot of people from overseas in New York. We all know New York is the melting pot. So whether you're talking Italian, British, Irish, wherever, European in general, there are a lot of people either living, 
temporarily living or even vacationing in New York. So that is going to be a major point of convenience for them. So that's why it, this is such a great fit. Um, and another reason why it's going to be good is because let's say you don't you don't live in New York or you're from Italy, you're from uh, you know Greece or wherever you come and you want to go on these these cruise ships, you want to sail out of New York. Uh, it's it's very friendly for you to be able to fly there. There are three, maybe in some cons- instances you can, can consider it four, major airports that you could fly into to sail out of that area to get to the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal and be there. I mean, you know, and let's talk about the regular greater New York cruise crowd. They're a very loyal crowd. You want to talk from New England to maybe even Baltimore? All the way as west as Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's the northeast, all drivable to the New York cruise port. And they are always looking for a new ship, a better deal, a new experience. Now, here's the really cool part, in my opinion. And tell me if you agree. By the way, tell me by writing me, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Your emails, well, you know the spiel, but give us uh, some emails and it'll help the show out. And I'll be able to kind of give you some answers entertain you in this and that and you know what the method is here it's ice the ice method i am trying to inform you i'm trying to connect with you and i am trying to entertain you that's ice that's the ice method and if you uh email me tommy at alwaysbebooked.com we can keep that synergistic and that community mentality going back and forth but the uh the cool part as far as the Meraviglia go is that it goes out of New York is that it is a wondrous piece of hardware. Okay? This is uh, even the Oasis of the Seas, a refurbished Oasis of the Seas, in many ways might not be as impressive as the MSC Meraviglia as a piece of hardware. Uh, and New Yorkers will make it be known that they want the, uh, the experience. And if the experience doesn't match the hardware, uh, MSC, if you don't if you don't bring the American experience to New York City, you're going to learn. You know what I'm saying? I know that was a lot of what the criticism is very often out of Miami. Wow, the ship is so beautiful. But you know what? They don't really nail the experience. The entertainment on board is a little kind of awkward for the American crowd. Now, that's not to say it's better or worse. It's just what not what the American crowd is used to. And the food, the food is a little, sometimes you heard, you know, people go on it from Europe and they don't have any problems with the entertainment or the food. But for the American experience, you know, Americans, you know, they, they love them some food and we do. And um, if that experience is not the same, they will make it known. Maybe Florida, maybe wherever else they cruise out of in the Northeast, I'm sorry, in North America, they may be just like, oh, you know what, it's not for us. But New Yorkers will absolutely fill out those surveys. New Yorkers will absolutely make their presence known at guest services. And whatever is lacking in the American cruise experience, they're going to get a full taste of what that is exactly when they start cruising out of New York, Brooklyn in particular. And uh, I was looking at pricing earlier today. So I was looking at it. You you can get a seven-night Florida-Bahama run. And the sticker price, obviously, we know it goes up, you know, when you you elevate and you add the other person, tax, gratuity, uh, port charges. But the sticker price is $469 for a seven-night Florida-Bahama run. 
Um, and then an eight night run is 549. And that's interesting here because I'm looking at it. And the seven night Florida, st- the seven night cruise, the stop in Florida is Port Canaveral. And the only difference in the eight night version is that that Florida stop is Miami. It's not Port Canaveral. And that's to me interesting for two reasons. First of all, why do you need the extra day? If you're just stopping in Miami and not Orlando, so what do you do? You just drive slower, which is possible, which does happen, but it's kind of weird. And, uh, you know, the other one, obviously, is I've said it a lot of times. You never see cruise ships stop at Miami as a port of call. I'm not saying you never have, but you very rarely see that. But if you're cruising out of New York, out of Brooklyn, on the Meraviglia, you can have an actual stop in Miami, which to me is phenomenal. I think that's really, really cool. I'm also seeing some uh, Bermuda cruises. And another thing that MSC does is these combo cruises. You know, they'll sell a 14-day cruises. They'll sell a 14-day cruise, but you'll see that 14-day cruise also sold split up into two seven-day cruises. And uh, obviously, this 14-day is the same cruise, but it's theoretically, even though it's a 14-day cruise, you could break that down into a total of three cruises, the 14-day and the two seven-days. And, uh, you know, it makes sense to me that I'm seeing the same thing for their Canada and New England runs. They're going to spend a lot of time in Canada and New England, uh, where in some cases, they're also going to combo the Bermuda experience with that with Canada and New England, and you're going to see cruises as long as 16 days out of New York City. So if you want to see more of what I'm talking about and get an idea for where they're going and how much it's going to be and the different combo options, they start in 2023. So I think uh, April of March, March or April in 2023 is when these are starting. So you got a year. Uh, you go to MSCCruisesUSA.com. Again, mscruisesusa.com, and you will see the full listing. Uh, my advice is to just go to, go do it by ship. Find the Meraviglia, and uh, then it'll take you to the uh, New York sailings. Uh, there are definitely some really, really good deals that are worth checking out. All right, Virgin Voyages is up next as they partner up with Jennifer Lopez. This was announced on social media. They did some sort of a post or a live or whatever. Richard Brant, sir, excuse me excuse me, Sir Richard Branson, got on the line with Jennifer Lopez and announced to everybody that they will be joining forces for the, on, on the cruise, Virgin Voyages, the cruise line. Uh, so here we go. J-Lo, that's right, the former In Living Color fly girl, Jennifer Lopez is bringing her talents to Virgin Voyages. And, uh, I mean, what an interesting marriage this is going to be. And if history is going to be any indication here, this is surely going to end within a year, and she'll be getting in bed with another famous cruise line. But we'll see. Time will only tell if that's the case or not. Uh, so sometimes I think... I don't know, man. Sometimes I really, really think they make this shit up as they go along. What do you think? On one hand, they say they're using this partnership to update the role of what you would call the traditional godmother. You know what I mean? That god most ships have a godmother. Some ships have several godmothers. Now there's godfathers. Um, and there's god non-binaries uh, because MSC. They're going to be damned before they adapt anything traditional from the 100 years of success in the cruise industry. They're going to change the whole game, uh, but they're going to do what they're going to do. 
While they're saying this is more of just like an updated version of the Godmother, on paper, what this is looking at, looking like is more of like the Shaquille O'Neal style branding deal that Carnival did uh, w- with him. Uh, either way, it does seem that her areas of responsibility look to be threefold. One as investor. Yes, I'm sure J-Lo is putting uh, a bunch. Listen. If J-Lo was going to put a couple of hundred K into Virgin Voyages for a, for a, for a half a point, I'm sure that's not a problem. Or maybe they're just floating her points. You know what I mean? Maybe they want to be able – that happens all the time. We want to be able to say that you are an investor or a part owner of this brand. That will give us whatever weight it, 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 it works, whatever weight it gives us to be able to say that you're an investor. We'll give you the points just to be able to say that. Uh, but that's one role. Another role is chief of entertainment. Chief? I don't know. Did they get that from the Shack thing? Chief fun officer? By the way, can we wake up here, people? Why are we still calling people chiefs? Okay? We can't call them Cleveland Indians. We can't call them uh, Washington, the Washington football team. Uh, but what, what, we're still going to be able to run around call people chiefs in the business world? This is outrageous, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not for this. Um, and then the other issue, the other uh, area of responsibility for her is the very, very important, crucial role in any cruise line of lifestyle officer. So she's an investor. She's a chief. She's an officer. She's J Lo, ladies and gentlemen, and she now is a part of your Virgin Voyages experience. Uh, Virgin Voyages is acknowledging all of this by saying the Godmother is going from a ceremonial role to a truly modern change-making partnership. Uh, and then, of course, J Lo has a, a line of cosmetics. I believe it's called J Lo Beauty, and they will be brought on board. Uh, her products will be sold at sea for the very first time. And I'm sure that was part of the mutual, I guess, benefits of the partnership. Listen, it could be cool. I wonder. I mean, the Shaq thing makes total sense to me because he's a seven foot one goofball, fun guy, doesn't take himself too seriously. Carnival has heavy ad campaigns. Uh, we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see how much. And, and Virgin does a bunch of uh, TV as well. You see, you know, I made a that hit that hit right. Okay. When they made that one thing. So Virgin Voyages, if you're going to give them one thing, okay, you have to give it up to Virgin Voyages for. <sighs> they could not have started this project in a worse scenario. I mean, it was a worst-case scenario for them. They had just let people on their cruise ship, the Scarlet Lady, to sample the goods, to, to, to spend a night on board. Maybe a sailing or two, uh, but for the most part, it was just, you know, we're docked, come on board, bloggers, travel agents, whatever, and check out the ship. And then the entire industry went into it. I mean, thank God people are rich, right? Thank God Richard Branson. Could you imagine this was an upstart? This would have been the disaster of their life. Although, you know, if you're starting a cruise line, how much of an upstart are you really going to be? But you have to give them credit for persevering through what they went through. They had a worse, I mean, the fact that they even, you know, they could have left their ships for dead and just sold them. Like, listen, this didn't work out. What are we supposed to do? We tried to start a cruise line, and the freaking literal sky fell down on us. That's what happened. But 
and then you you're sitting there and you're watching YouTube videos and an ad comes on and then you hear total acapella I made it through the wilderness and now I'm and you're like yeah man that's inspirational and you got to give them credit for that as silly as they freaking are uh <laughs> with their renaming everything they have to rename everything and uh you know declarations of being the funnest ship at sea and they're going to learn they are totally going to learn that it's not going to go exactly the way that they want it to go you know clearly they want to be known as the party ship and i want the party ship right that's what i want in my, my personal cruising i want that fun vibe that adults only vibe the good times the hip the whatever but really cruising is a very in many ways a very traditional form of uh, travel and while there is that element is there enough of that element to, enough of me basically, to be able to fill these cruise lines and make money going forward year in, year out, uh, as you continue to add cruises to cruise ships to your fleet? They're going to find out. We're all going to find out. But it's just going to be interesting. This is clearly, this has to be, I mean, you could tell by putting the word chief of entertainment in there. You know they were inspired by the sh the shack thing. They had to be, but how it's portrayed and how it comes out, we will see. The ads, the mar the marketing, the artwork, all that stuff will reveal itself, and we will see very soon. Uh, Crystal Cruises, Crystal Cruises in the news. They are announcing their newest cruise ship rebuild and uh rumor has it throughout the industry that they have registered the name the crystal fugitave the crystal fugitave is the name of their next cruise ship i believe that was just a dumb line i threw in there because i thought of it there's really no place for it there's really no dumb story behind it i just wanted to say that the crystal cruises cruise line is announcing its newest rebuild the crystal fugitave it may be pronounced fugitave Maybe I'm not sure. Um, so this month, this month that we are in March, is the return, the celebrated return of a, a, a whopping 45 cruise ships back to service. And that's not everything, but I think we're about 80% in. I think the industry is about 80% returned to sea, but the ships that are going to come back online this month, or already have come back in some cases online, are the Norwegian Sky. And the Norwegian Skies was a great ship. The Norwegian Sky is a freaking old ship that still holds up. And uh, I was talking to bartender Vlad on the Norwegian Gem, and he was at the Great Outdoors most of the time. And, you know, he was interesting, interesting guy to talk to, interesting take on the whole war and the whole, you know, Ukrainian. I think he was from Serbia, but uh, Ukrainian and uh, the Russian conflict. It's interesting to talk to him about that. I just like I just like those conversations, treasure them, actually. And uh, he was telling me how much it was rough for the crew of the Norwegian Sky when for that short time they were doing three and four day cruises back to back to Cuba with an all-inclusive open bar all the time. So meaning if you book that cruise and I've been on two or three of them as under the he was telling me that, uh, you know, that, well, they were to finish my first thought they were all inclusive so if you booked that ship, you automatically got the drink package and the, the, the cruise was pretty cheap. And uh, that was just a standing thing. I think the son did it too out of Orlando. But he would tell me that he would just hear horror stories off the crew from that. Because can you imagine, like, you never get a break. There's, I mean, I mean it's wall-to-wall -wall sailing. It's no, like, you know, you don't get any, like, there's basically no, no sea days. And everybody's drunk 
on the ship. So you're running around dealing with lunatics and you are just getting hammered and hammered and hammered with port days and crazy stuff. And you don't, you just don't get a break. And he was telling me that uh, that was difficult. But I don't know. There's something weird going on with the Norwegian Sky. It's in service for a while. Then it's out of service. We're still not sure. I believe I saw that on um, Tony from La Lida Loca. He was mentioning that. And that's an interesting thing. Um, Nobody knows what's happening with the Norwegian sky. Uh, Wonder of the Seas, as we know, largest cruise ship that has ever graced the oceans of this planet. Way to be grandiose about it, right, Tommy? Um, I want to give a moment of silence for all the bloggers that are on that ship. Uh, they, they are in crisis. The bloggers. I'm talking about Jay from the ship life. I'm talking about these these d- dynamic cruise duos that I didn't even know existed. I mean, you have uh, Tony, Lalita Loca. You have Don. You have um, uh, 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 so many people. You know what I mean? You have tons of bloggers running, and and there is a real crisis going on. First of all, they're tired as hell, these people. You know what I mean? Griff and Alyssa, they're tired. You could see they're all running around uh, trying to blog like crazy. Uh, They're all trying to vie for internet. There's a battle for, there's a war for internet on that ship. There's a war for bandwidth that I do not know who is going to win on that. It's crazy. They are they are bumping into each other. There's electronic equipment slamming into each other around the corners. They're trying to vie, vie for the best shot, but in doing so, they're tripping over each other. There's wire they're falling wires they're falling over. You know what I mean? At night and when the sun goes down and everybody goes to sleep, that's when the satellites are overworked. That's when the power on the ship is overworked. Could you imagine? Could you imagine the bandwidth? Imagine how much downloading is being done on that ship. And these vlog, these poor vloggers walking, bravely walking through sprinkler explosions to get you the cruise news. And it is a real battle out there. And right now they're somewhere off the coast of somewhere beautiful in the fight for their lives. So let's give it to those bloggers and what they do. Carnival Ecstasy. Grand opening. Grand closing. This ship was came came online in 1991. Okay, this is the oldest ship Carnival has. It's going to spend some time in Alabama, and then they're shutting it down. Not sure if it's going to get scrapped up. Not sure if it's going to get bought out. We are going to see. But the Carnival Ecstasy, much like Mariano Rivera and Derek Cheetah, is getting a real live. Victory Tour. Vision of the Seas, we talked about that. Ship before, uh, Carnival Spirit heading to Jacksonville. Uh, The Spirit Class of Carnival. What can we say about the Spirit Class of Carnival? They're almost like, it's a weird class of ships. It's almost like Carnival went, I'm not going to say evil, but they went alternative lifestyle for a little while, right? Everything was about fun. Everything was about bright this and that. But you walk into a Spirit Class ship, it's named after fictional characters, Walk into the stand-up comedy room, the general purpose entertainment room, right under the main theater in uh, on, on a Carnival Spirit class ship. There's some wacky decor. Now, we all love Junkyard Dog Joe Farkas, right? We love the guy. The guy is, he embodies Carnival, embodies Carnival Cruise Line in such, in every great way possible. But I don't know. I don't know of Joe Farkas to have ever had a drug issue at all. But if you were going to tell me, if you told me, he had a little bit of a of a, of, a, of a crystal meth run, and it was during the spirit class. If it was going on, if he was hallucinating, if he went on a mushroom bender, 
and it was during the designing of the spirit class, I wouldn't tell you you're crazy. I wouldn't be the first one to step up and say, you're out of your mind, no way, no how. It might be true. It reminds me of like when Garth Brooks lost his freaking mind. When Garth Brooks lost his shit and decided, I'm so freaking bored, I'm so rich, I'm going to give myself, I'm going to turn myself into a new person and give myself a new name. And, and he became Chris Gaines. To me, the spirit class of carnival cruise ships. And yes, you know what? Some people like, it's the Batman of, of, of carnival classes of ships. Beautiful, beautiful ships. Very interesting. I swear that everybody should experience the carnival spirit class. But it's a little different. It's a little on the, uh, what would you say? On the, um, there's a spookiness to it a little bit. That's all you could really say. Um, Anyway, uh, Carnival Paradise, that's another one. Newest of the Carnival fantasy class of ships out there out of Tampa. Uh, The ship that made me love the fantasy class. After shitting on the fantasy class for over three years, ended up on the Carnival Paradise and never talked shit about the Carnival fantasy class ever again. Um, The Valiant Lady, that's the second issuance of the, uh, the second edition of the uh, Virgin Voyages cruise ships. The Norwegian Jewel will be will be coming back and the Norwegian Jade. In total, it's a it's it's a slew of ships. There's princess ships, there's ultra lux ships. It's a total of 45 cruise ships that are being put back in play this month that we are currently in. And the final story today is an absolutely ridiculous one. The story is and guys I'm far beyond me being that guy that's pounding my fist and stomping my foot about, hey, the cruise line gets cruise lines getting bad rap. The the mainstream media is against all cruising. Well, they are. We know that. Okay, it's beyond that. We know that you know they they give cruising a lot of shit. They give the industry a lot of shit for whatever reason. I think it's a hate. Uh, it's a lot of hate. Cruise lines, cruise ships, the cruise industry as a whole draws a lot of unnecessary and quite frankly bizarre hate from the mainstream media i get the whole environmental thing but if you're going to count all the things they're doing their best they're talking about lng they're trying to do their best to help the environment and be more carbon neutral but the truth is there's so many things out there that are that are equally as bad for the environment as cruising so their real beef i can't really put my finger on what it might be but this story was a, a lady on the norwegian encore she went on a slide guys she took off. I can't tell you if something goes wacky and cruising and the mainstream media gets a hold of it. My inbox, my DMs, my text, they they start going crazy of people who don't love cruising, but they know I love cruising. And they send me this. Look, another one, another cruising disaster. Oh, God, a lady got in a slide. OK, she got in a slide like any like like. All the adults today, myself included, that are trying to retreat back into the womb and do uh, whatever, Central Park, New York pillow fights or uh, adult coloring books or whatever else we're trying to do, like uh, adult adult sleepaway fun camp on a river in freaking whatever, the Finger Lakes, whatever, whatever, whatever the trend is nowadays that everybody's doing to try to go back to their youth as, you know, 40-year-olds, I'm, again, present company included uh this woman tries to go on a slide 
Okay? She tries to have a fun time and go into a slide on a Norwegian cruise ship. Guess what happened? That slide is supposed to be filled with water that kind of like helps her with the momentum of getting to the bottom of the slide. Guess what? Ran out of water. Now, this ship happens to have a slide that sits out over the ocean. Now, the other thing is they weren't even at sea. They were they were in port. You could see the background. You could see buildings and mountains, whatever, whatever else. So they weren't deep into the middle of the Atlantic somewhere. They were in port. Granted, we don't want to fall off the slide, have it break off, and then now you're in a body water, body of water drowning in a tube of fun. Nobody wants that, okay? Throwback line, but that's what it that's what it was, that's what it is. Nobody wants that. And that I would have been slightly unnerved as well. I would have been a little scared if I was trapped inside a tube. Now my biggest fear in that is not that I'm gonna fall out and drown in the tube of fun into the into the ocean or sea. My biggest fear is that they don't know that um that um that I'm in there. You know what I mean? They think that I landed safely. And next thing you know, they send some six year old or eight year old missile through the freaking thing too. And you know, they're uh, sixty pounds, so they don't have an aerodynamic they don't have a problem with water trying to carry their fat ass through the slide like me. I went on a slide once and I was terrified because that's exactly what did happen. I was moving slow. This was everybody was flying through this slide and I was moving slow. I never got stuck. But at the same time, I felt that I wasn't moving as fast as I should. Okay, just like on the Oasis of the Seas, when I ran, went around that slide, when you know you're supposed to do three or four, like like it's like the toilet bowl, where you circle the drain a few times. No, me one circle, and I had to edge my ass through to get into the last final pipe to my final destination. Okay, that's all that stuff happened. Now this woman got unlucky. Maybe hit a dry spot. Maybe it wasn't that aerodynamic or or water dynamic, hydrodynamic, and she got stuck in the slide. Okay, so she gets stuck in a freaking water slide. That's it. Perfectly safe. Okay, you got to either claw your way down or you got to open, which did end up happening. They opened up a trap door or something. This is not a problem, guys. This was not. The fact that the New York Post put this up as as a main story, the fact that this made its way through the mainstream media, that a woman on a slide on a cruise ship got stuck let that process for a minute. Think that through and think about how ridiculous that is that that's actually a story. What happened? What what was the what was the result? Well, they went in and got her out of the slide. Okay, that's the story. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's all I got. Guys, I want to thank you so much for listening. Let's do it again. Facebook, always be both Cruise and Travel Lounge. I want to go also with the uh, Instagram, always be booked. Find me on YouTube. Please give me some subscribers on YouTube. That would be a huge help if we can make a nice little push. You got these YouTubers putting out $100,000, 100,000 subscribers. Some some are more, some are less. But I'm sitting here under 2,000. Maybe you could help me out a little bit with that. That would be really appreciated. Also, guys, the Pirates and Pier Runner 2, okay? It's getting a little closer. We're talking about October. Yeah, it's still a long ways away. But we're talking about October 15th, Okay. I want you to come on this cruise. Now, I am a travel agent and I'm selling this cruise. But if you do not go with me, if you have your own travel agent or if you're against travel agents, I want you to still go on this cruise. Please do not think that in any way, shape or form, if you book this cruise on your own or with somebody else, that you are not part of the Pirates and Pier Runners crew. 
Aruba Nights, a beautiful, beautiful sailing Aruba, uh, Curacao, and I think it's San Juan. Let me make sure, guys. Uh, bear with me for one second. I'm going to pull up the flyer. I haven't even really kind of dove into this in a while. Let me see. Labadee, Labadee, Haiti. And we're going to Labadee because they're back at Labadee. And if you want to do it, I would love to go back to Labadee and do that crazy zip line and then have some fun on that barge bar and do all the things, all the Labadee things. Shout out to Jay from the Cruise Life. He keeps calling it Lebedee. He said, and, he, and it's almost like Jay. Shout out to Jay. I love Jay. Jay. Jay's, listen, can I say it? I hope people don't get mad. I keep it real. I talked to Tony about my, uh, <laughs> my my clickbait police thing you know what i mean uh and we had a funny exchange on it and you know we'll probably do something you know probably do do a show here and there um also talk to doug doug parker doug doug maybe we'll do a, a review of this ship on cruise news hopefully maybe we'll see uh i would love to um but I have to say, on the wonder of the seas, all the bloggers that are bumping into with their lenses, you're seeing, you're seeing lenses on the floor. You're going to find so many camera lenses behind the couches on that ship. It's going to be funny. There's going to be like GoPros stuck in the ceiling. And uh, I have to give it to Jay from The Ship Life. He's killing it, doing great, great vlogs. He's got a beautiful girlfriend on there. They're walking around just kind of like really, really freestyling this cruise, not to borrow a term from Norwegian, but he's doing a great job. But Jay, come on, stop. And, and I, oh, so that's what happens. You watch a vlog, and then if you don't touch your YouTube and you start doing stuff around the house or whatever, it keeps running it back, and you see different vlogs, and then you stop paying attention to what's on. So I think I saw another vlog of his, or maybe it was this one. I don't know. But I saw him say Lebedee like 16 times on one vlog. And it was almost like it was he was saying Lebedee on purpose. Like, because he kept saying the word Lebedee over and over again. I'm pretty sure it's Lebedee, right? Unless I'm the idiot. Maybe it is Lebedee. Who knows? Anyway, I want you to come on this Pirates and Pure Runners cruise. You're sitting here listening to this in your car. I'm talking directly to you. I want you on this cruise. But I want to know if you're going. So if you don't book it through me, book it. But tell me you're going so I could put you on the list of pirates and pier runners because I want to do 30. I want to last time we had, you know, around 20 or so. I want this to be 30. I want to hit 30 at least with this. And I want to make our presence felt on this cruise. And it's just I'm excited. Labadee, Haiti, uh, Curacao and 12 hours in Aruba. We're doing the things in Aruba. Two things, two cruise goals I have in Aruba hardcore are to do the um the the four the four wheelers the eight all terrain vehicles in the dunes or at Arakok National Park, and I want to have dinner at one of those restaurants where your feet are in the water at the table, almost like fine dining looking restaurant, but your feet are in the water at the table. I want that experience. Maybe a zero over for lunch. Maybe encircle the whole island. We got 12 hours, guys. We're gonna do the things. Pirates and pier runners, October 15th. Allure of the seas. Let's make it happen. You guys are the best. Boat drinks cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away a little your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine-on tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away. I love your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy
the problem is that you're right there There's a perfectly good island somewhere Well, all right, the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down, down in the sand where it's cool Put me down, and when I fall on my stool Put me down, I'll just sleep there till morning comes down With sunshine, ten ladies, and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the so get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from